return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you so much. Praises be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just welcome your sweet presence. Holy Spirit, we're just so grateful for you. So grateful. Jesus, thank you for redemption, for complete redemption. And thank you for this word, this incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. Mm, Thank you that we're never going to be the same. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Well, I titled the message tonight, You Carry Spiritual Substance. So it'll be kind of fun, interesting night. You know, we've been studying this force of righteousness, and, and I intend to keep going in that direction. You know, the giant privileges, the benefits, um, the power attached to this force of righteousness. When we come into agreement with that spiritual transaction that happened in the death of Christ and ratified by the resurrection, we take on the righteousness of God, literally. And uh, do we have that first scripture? It's Ben, right? Thank you, thank you for doing all the scriptures for us tonight. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, who had no sin, like no sin. To be sin, to become sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took all, I mean all the sin of the world. Anybody we ever testify to about the good news, we can tell them their sins have already been paid for. Every sin has already been taken care of. All of the curse, every bit of the the punishment. The, the death, the wrath of God against sin and all of that junk connected to the curse, Jesus took every bit of it. We've been redeemed from the curse, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It really is a spiritual force. It's a uh, spiritual substance that we're going to be talking about tonight. But it's a force, it's a power that connects us to the supernatural realm. Did you know that? Did you know that by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now connected to the kingdom of God? You've got this force, this connection to the supernatural realm. The kingdom of God is in us with all of its power. Hallelujah. Now, last week we talked about, last time, uh, a little bit about this. In the Old Testament, this force that I'm talking about, this spiritual substance, was often called the blessing. Um, they would come into covenant with God, the Abrahamic covenant, we had the Noah covenant, there's all kinds of covenants, but the basic covenant 
And we still are in covenant, except we get in on the new one. (laughs) With every part of the blessing of the old. Glory to God. They stepped into this divine agreement by way of faith called covenant, where they, from the Old Testament, they're all looking forward to their sins being paid for. We get to look backwards, right? Because it's already done. It's already done. Hallelujah. And even in the Old Covenant, friends, they were promised the atonement of their sins, which, like I said, they were always looking forward. We have already had it all taken care of. But the Old Covenant also included health. It also included peace. It also included victory in battle. It also included prosperity. It included protection. And all of those blessings of the Old Covenant are still ours in Christ. In fact, did I give you that scripture? I think Galatians 3.29. If you are Christ. How many in the house tonight? Do you belong to Christ? Christ belongs to you. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Anything that you read or see that was included in Abraham's blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Except ours is even better. (laughs) We're in the new covenant, the sure covenant, the one where we have favor for a lifetime, the goodness of God 24 hours a day. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is ours in Christ Jesus. That's how Ephesians said it. That's Paul's words by the Holy Ghost. Peter's words were everything for life and godliness. Like, what do you need to succeed in life? It's ours in Christ Jesus. No matter the obstacle, no matter the circumstance. Hallelujah. We have victory in Jesus Christ. Plus, we now have the Holy Spirit. Wow. I mean, 24 hours a day, we have this expert at at our side, right? This power always teaching and guiding and directing us. Hallelujah. So, um, mm. Yeah, just some more things about the Holy Spirit. Guiding, comforting, empowering. Actually depositing his life in us. Have you read that lately? Galatians 2.20, I think that's the Amplified. He dispenses his life into ours. Praise be to Jesus. And how did I read it the other day? For most of us, it's not a matter of faith. How many of these things of the kingdom that we're really truly experiencing, it's actually more a matter of awareness. Sometimes, well, I didn't know that health was mine. In Jesus' name, I didn't know I was promised protection. Yeah, glory to God. So once we learn all these things, we walk in a new confidence, right? And a new boldness in Jesus Christ. We have, like I said before, the best of the old covenant and all the riches and wonder of the new. We are, I mean, some people say, well, none of the Old Testament applies. Well, I beg to differ with you. Read the story of Joseph. My goodness, we are Joseph's walking around. Whether you're in jail, whether you've been lied about, whether you've been betrayed, maybe you've been, none of us probably been sold by your brothers and sisters. He still kept, he still came out on top. Yes, he still came out on top and so are we. And our businesses are blessed because we're there, right? Glory to God. Glory to God. We're David killers. 
I mean, I got it wrong. We're like David's giant killers. You got a few giants in your life? Yeah, like big challenges, big problems. You know, isn't it fun to read the David story? Have you read it lately? Here's Goliath, this immense impossibility. 40 days, morning and night, he comes out with his threats and the soldiers of God, the mighty men of Israel, men in covenant with God, they're all shrinking back like, oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? David hears it one time, one time the big threat, and he says, who does this guy think he is to say something like this about my God? And he just rises up in strength. And friends, so can you. You and I are strong like David. We're like Esther, anointed for such a time as this. We're like Daniel, mighty in the land. He rose to the top in corrupt government after corrupt government after corrupt government. Praise God. No matter the circumstances, we make a difference where we are. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. So this force of righteousness causes us always to triumph, always to walk in newness of life, always to overcome, because the champion himself lives in us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to continue again on this. I love talking about this privilege of righteousness, and I want us to all become more God-conscious instead of sin-conscious. We don't want to be guilt-conscious, shame-conscious, or sin-conscious, or even... Like, well, I'm, I'm this worm. I mean, we can't live like that anymore, friends. We've got to know who's on the inside of us and this power that we have on the inside of us. And because of this spiritual substance we carry, I want to talk to you about this, this whole matter of substance. Um, again, I don't even really know how to talk about it except that, well, there's a verse we're all very familiar with. If you memorize it in the King James Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, now faith is the, yeah, faith is the substance. We heard um, Stephanie's testimony this morning about the power of love. Um, love is a spiritual substance. It, it, peace is a, is a spiritual substance that can be, it's tangible. You, can, you know it when it's there, am I right? You know when the joy is there. So let's look at a couple scriptures. I've got eight, nine of them or so. We'll see how we do here. I just want you to see this this connection. I hope, I'm trusting that it will dovetail just perfectly with what Pastor Dave said this morning. Because if you know this substance, this weight, this power that you have on the inside of you, there's more confidence again in touching people, in speaking to people, and releasing the substance. Because we're not supposed to keep it to ourselves. (laughs) He gave it to us so that we can change our world around us. So, let's peek at some scriptures. Acts chapter 19, we're going to start verse 11 and 12. New King James says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs, or aprons, were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, how did this happen? 
diseases, just gone. Evil spirits disappeared. They left. People who were under oppression, no more. Torment, it's done. How do you explain that? We're talking about this little piece of fabric, a handkerchief. They don't, don't even use much anymore, but I mean, picture any kind of, maybe it was a scarf around his neck. Maybe they talk about this apron, something that was on him while he was working all day on the tents. Wow, did you know that if you're just at your job, there is this spiritual substance, this power on you. And that piece of fabric that had touched Paul's body, that had been in connection with the Holy Spirit, was, had substance to it. It had the kingdom of God all over it, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So, yes, Paul was one with inseparably connected to Christ and his power, but so are you and me, friends. So are you and I. A spiritual substance was imparted to Paul, and that substance carried power. And it's the same for you and me. Yes, it was just a little piece of fabric, but a spiritual substance was released. And please don't keep thinking, well, that couldn't be me. I don't have that kind of power. Why not? We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same anointing. We have the same unction. I just want to dare you to believe what you got. This kingdom that's within us. A substance with power to heal. Power to deliver from demonic oppression and power to cure disease. Wow. Okay, well, let's just keep looking at them. Maybe you just want to keep this on the shelf and just kind of add all these up together and see what you come up with at the end. Here's another one. We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 8, 46. This is Jesus when the woman with the issue of blood was healed. He was walking. And if you've maybe you've seen a picture, I think I've just recently seen the scene from Chosen where they had this big, big crowd of people. Even if you don't believe it happened that way, the Bible does say that the disciples said, well, come on, there's all these people around you. And Jesus' words were, someone touched me. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. One of the translations says virtue. Now, how do you explain that? Because surely he was touched by many. But someone made a demand on the power of God within him. Isn't that true? Wow. They pulled power from him by faith. Power that was in his spirit man. And no doubt it was affecting his body, just like it affected Paul, right? Wow. I mean, the Bible says, 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. What if we walked around knowing, whew, I could just touch somebody and the power of God's going to affect them. Mm. You know, um, 
we, some of us have this idea, I don't know about any of you, but a lot of Christendom says, well, it's because Jesus was the Son of God. He was God, after all. He could do anything, and he knew everything about everybody. But the truth is, he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I think I gave you that verse, Ben, Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Don't you wonder, I mean, he was the son of God. Why did he spend hours and hours and hours praying? Didn't he know everything? Didn't he have all power? Why would he need or feel this desperate need to spend hours with his father in prayer? Well, it's because he's a little bit more like you and I than we realize. He was in flesh. And he needed the Holy Spirit. He needed that anointing, that unction, to be able to touch and heal people. Now, I don't know. I don't think too many of us are spending hours with the Father. I pray that you are, because it's pretty effective spending time in his presence, picking up a little bit more of that spiritual substance, that kingdom power, but it's amazing to me how, how uh, Jesus craved time with his Father. I just want us to see again, it's the same anointing, friends. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same anointing that breaks yokes and sets the captives free. That's in us and on us and around us. Hallelujah. Here's another one, Acts chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. They brought crowds in from the villages, everybody in Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits. And get this, they were all healed. Just getting a little bit of Peter's shadow. Come on, we're talking a lot of power here, aren't we? A human being with so much of God's power on him that just his shadow healed people. And I think a little bit is connected to the faith level in that city about this time. (laughs) But still... That's power, that's anointing, that's an unction to heal. And this is a human being anointed by the Holy Spirit with spiritual substance. Wow. Praise, 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 praises be to God. This is a spiritual substance that releases life, releases health, releases strength. You know, sometimes we make it like, well, it's going to be such a great big thing just to lay your hands on somebody. You know, if you know somebody's sick, even if they didn't ask for prayer, sometimes if we can just touch them and know. I mean, that's another secret I want to share with you is we can't withdraw our faith. 
Say you did get an opportunity to pray with somebody. Don't go back home and think all day long, well, that was probably worthless. I'm sure that didn't do any good. No, you don't think like that. That's withdrawing your faith. Keep your faith. Just keep praising God all day long. Thank you, Lord, you're at work. Thank you that your power was released into his body. But again, just think about this. Get close to people, right? (laughs) Don't, Don't stay in your house when you know other people are in need. Glory to God. Um, oh, I was going to share a couple stories. There's, there's a revivalist, an evangelist somewhere in the past, maybe you know who it was, who was just on a train, and the train was just traveling by a village. A whole village was slain in the spirit because this guy was on a train who just happened to go by the town. That's a lot of power, guys. Or uh, I read recently on Facebook about Catherine Kuhlman that she had so much of the anointing on her that as she would just walk through the airport from plane to plane, hundreds of people were slain in the Holy Ghost, her just walking through the airport. So the police said, mm, we've got to put a stop to this. And so they started having her go around the back way. I mean, we want that kind of power, friends. We want that kind of power that people are going to be affected being with us in the same room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here's a fun one. 2 Corinthians 13, 21. Oh, sorry. 2 Kings. This is Old Testament. But it's still a pretty exciting story. One time, and this is New Living Testament, once when some Israelites were burying a man, They spied a band of these raiders, so they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha. And then they ran because they didn't want to get in connection with this band of raiders. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. He's dead. His spirit is not even in his body anymore. He's with Jesus, but his body, his bones still had so much resurrection life that this corpse is raised from the dead. I'm sure he was kind of happy. Yeah. I mean, we want that kind of power. We have that kind of power if we can just start walking by that kind of faith, right? and awareness of what we have. We're talking about a spiritual substance, friends, imparted to us as we spend time in God's presence. A power that rests on us, a power that is released from us, a power that raises the dead, and as we discussed last time, quickens our mortal bodies. Remember Romans 8, verse 10 and 11. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, The same power that raised Jesus from the dead quickens us. Not just in our spirit man. The Bible says that it actually quickens our mortal bodies. We're talking about our bones. We're talking about our flesh and our organs. Praise, praise, praises be to Jesus. So here's another verse, Ephesians 4, 29. This is kind of an interesting verse. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. 
Now, I don't know if you see this, but we can, with our words, impart grace and edification, building and lifting people up, empowering them to do God's will, because that's the definition of grace, empowering people to do God's will. We have that ability with our words to release ability to people, to release strength to people, to release a want to and a courage to do God's will. Or we can pollute the atmosphere. We can, with negative, critical, judgmental words, do the opposite, tearing people down, making them want to quit, wanting to pull away. We're either blessing or we're corrupting. We're either releasing courage or we're releasing discouragement. We can speak peace, friends. And I'm telling you, it's a spiritual substance that's released. Just speaking peace. Wow. Proverbs 11.11. By the blessing of the upright. We're talking about the righteous man. The city is exalted. But it's overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Now look at this. The the words, the blessing of a righteous man can make an entire city to prosper. Wow, wow, wow. Or, how about our businesses? Just words that we speak. I mean, sometimes, how about your own home? Do you speak peace to your own home? Or are you, do you walk in and say, what a mess. This place is a disaster. Sometimes we corrupt our own cars. This is a piece of junk. (laughs) Maybe we need to be blessing our cars, our children, our neighbors. You know, um, in the Old Testament, they truly believed in the power of the impartation, of the blessing. Jacob lied to get it. Lied. So he could get the blessing, this spiritual force from heaven. Esau cried when he found out he missed it. Wow. The blessing, our blessing, is a substance. It's a spiritual substance that we can and must impart to our world. Our words release spiritual substance into the unseen realm. And you you know, oh, I heard this little phrase just this past week to, to make us always think about what we're saying. Because anything we say, are you willing for all of heaven to get behind what you just said? If not, you don't want to say it. Right? Hallelujah. I believe God's calling us to release his life and to release his peace and to impart by our words and by our touch, friends, the blessing of the Lord to establish his will in the earth. I had this message on my heart for weeks and then last Sunday night I was just scrolling through Facebook. Maybe some of the rest of you do that once in a while. And I came across this message by Dutch Sheets. Some of you might know him. Pretty anointed man of God. And Apparently this message was several months old, but and you know how it is when you're scrolling, sometimes you get pick up right in the middle of the message. So the first words when I tapped the button, he said, and this was a word from the Lord, he said, stop cursing my cities. 
And I'm thinking, wow, it's kind of uncanny how this is right on the same subject that I've been studying. And he was speaking specifically, stop cursing San Francisco. Stop cursing New York City. Stop cursing, what was the other one, Los Angeles. My cities. Wow, God considers it his city? Interesting. But again, this verse that we are reading, the blessing of the upright. How about Brookings, South Dakota? Do you think that we could have something to do with our city being blessed by speaking peace, by speaking life? Oh, I forgot to tell you the fun part of Dutch sheep. So I'm trying to remember if this was the word of the Lord or if this was just his solution. But he said he was suggesting to his people to get in their cars or to walk, but especially the the bad neighborhoods. He said, get in your car. And he says, roll the window down. A little more power will go out. But he said, Just speak over the neighborhoods. I release life. I break the power of the drugs. I break the power of the violence. I I cleanse this neighborhood in Jesus' name. Wow, amazing, isn't it? And then, of course, with this whole story, the Jesus Revolution, he was talking about um, how it all, when they did all this study of where it started, where it started, where it started, they kept coming back to Berkeley, And when they were studying what happened in Berkeley, they kept going back, 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 and it all came back to this one man, and I don't remember his name, but he was walking the streets day and night, just praying and asking God, just give me the kids of Berkeley. Just give me the kids for your your kingdom, Jesus. And, um, you know, our prayers make a difference, friends. Our words make a difference. Hallelujah. We are either blessing our cities or we're cursing them. We're either proclaiming a visitation of God or a visitation of the enemy. Let's give God something to work with. Who knows but that your blessing might be the releasing factor, the very reason God chooses to hover over a particular place. Maybe it's your blessing that will cause God to hover over a business a school, an entire neighborhood. Whew, all these pockets of revival right now that are bursting up in across the country. Somebody blessed that spot. Hallelujah. Somebody released the kingdom. So here's another verse, Luke chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. Uh, Jesus had just appointed 70 more disciples to go out and preach the good news. He gave them a whole list of, you know, uh, what's the right word? Instructions. And this was part of the instructions. He said, whatever house you go into, first, first I want you to say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it'll turn to you again. The phrase is, it shall turn to you again. So what's it? Peace. We're talking about spiritual substance. We're talking about supernatural substance. We're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about the power of the Most High God. Wow. So I have to ask you, do you speak peace to your house? Do you speak peace to your family? 
Do you speak blessing to your friends, blessing to your relatives? The truth is we can leave something, a genuine spiritual substance, actually the glory of God on buildings, on pillows, on people. If you've ever studied the glory of God, I believe the Hebrew is doxa, doxa, D-O-X-A. And the meaning, now listen to this. I've always known it meant weight, weightiness. Uh, The word is kabod in Hebrew. I think I've heard other people pronounce it kabod, but I was taught kabod. The meaning of the word is it means weight or that which has spiritual substance. Whew. It is the substance, the weight, the only weight, the only substance that fits, that fills, that satisfies the human heart. Every heart longs for it. They just don't know what they are longing for, right? And what does Colossians 1.27 say? Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's the one with weight to his words. He's the one with substance to his presence. And that presence comes with a weightiness, with a tangible peace, a love that can be perceived with the senses, a joy that can be experienced. I'm telling you, we can receive impartation or we can give it away. Now, this whole subject of receiving is another whole subject. I guess um, that's where I'm going next here. But let me just say one more thing. With our words, friends, we can actually control the amount of grace that gets released. I mean, we can be stingy and say, well, he doesn't really deserve it. Uh, I don't know about him. Pretty hopeless situation. We can determine how much grace is imparted. So we want big hearts. We want let's be free with our blessing, right? So here's um, Deuteronomy chapter 34, 9. The New New Living Testament puts it like this. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded. Now, come on, how many years did it take Moses to get the wisdom that he had by this point? Yeah. Forty days with God in the mountain, at least twice, right? How many experiences for him to learn everything he learned? I don't know. This looks kind of like a shortcut to me, but I don't mind shortcuts. The question is, are we willing to let other people impart to us? And you have to wonder, I mean, maybe Moses had a few faults. Maybe Joshua, during the years, saw a few things, heard a few things. Like, he could have decided, eh, I don't know about this Moses guy. I think I could do it better. <laughs> I don't know, but... Anyway, all I'm saying is, as we spend time with people, listen, in our church, we are well aware of one another's weaknesses. Am I right? But we have to make a choice. This is the definition of honor that I came by lately, and it has begun to change my life. Let's see, where did I put this definition? Honor is continuing to receive from one's giftings without stumbling over their faults. Whew. 
I mean, there are people in our midst who are mighty warriors of prayer. We have people in our midst, right in this body of believers, very courageous, very strong. We have people with a lot of knowledge. We have all kinds of strengths in this body. Let's not have this attitude like, well, I have everything I need. I don't need anything. I think we need to be a little bit more willing to receive from one another. I love how Pastor Dave, he obviously feels like some of us have something to share. I mean, for us, him to invite all of us to different people to share, it's wonderful. But let's let's keep the honor thing going, friends, because then we can really receive from them. And when they offer prayer, we should be running up there, <laughs> right? I want some of what you got. Right? Let people touch them, touch you. Let them impart to you their peace, their wisdom, their health, their strength. Hallelujah. So one more verse quick. Hebrews 4.16. We don't want to forget the very best way to receive impartation from God. Ta-da! Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Whew. Isn't it something that God has made himself available? 24-7, any time of the day or night, we can just go to the throne of God and receive anything we need. All the grace, all the might, all the power. Hallelujah. 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 I got a couple declarations. Are you ready? All right. I am a member of the body of Christ. A partaker of the divine nature. The kingdom of God has taken up residence in me. I carry spiritual substance. And I choose, I make willful choices daily to impart the life of Christ. To impart the peace of God. To impart the blessing of Almighty God. To impart the joy of Jesus Christ into my world. I shall bless and never curse. I shall empower and never tear down. I shall leave every place and every person with the residue of his glory and the peace of his presence in Jesus' name. All right, stand up here. I will impart to you a little of what we just talked about. And on our way out, let's impart to each other a little peace, a little joy, a little hope. In Jesus' name, I release the peace of God, the peace that passes understanding. I release to you joy unspeakable and full of glory. I release to you prevailing and overcoming grace in Jesus' name. 
wisdom and courage and strength for the journey in Jesus' name. Woo! Amen, amen, amen. Have a blessed and wonderful week. Impart what you got, friend. (laughs) I'd be glad to pray with, agree with anybody, anything. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.